Welcome to This is the Bad Place, a podcast about the NBC TV show The Good Place and the journey of two ex-evangelicals leaving white evangelicalism. Welcome, everyone, to This is the Bad Place, the podcast where DL and Crispin review episodes of the NBC show from 2016, The Good Place. We thought we'd remind you because, you know, we haven't recorded an episode since December. Oh my gosh. I was like, was it November even? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? It's been a while. Yes. We left you on a cliffhanger, which is what they did to us in the first season of The Good Place. By the way, I remember finishing the like half of the first season yeah. and then they were like, oh, come back in February. Yes. So we were basically, our devotion to this show is such that we wanted to also implement the same like continuity right of having right. a cliffhanger mm-hmm. and also we needed to do a three-part series on christian zionism right in the middle of when we had two episodes left of recapping which, this season which is how we roll exactly yeah because we live in the medium place and that's just what happens mm-hmm. right um crispin did people listen to our christian zionism episodes yes they did yeah Mm-hmm. Kind of like the same number that listen to these, yep. which I'm honestly shocked at how many people listen to these mm. because we go through it so slowly and we're very niche. Um, but I also think it speaks to like, this is a great show. People want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. So those of you that listen, you know, it fluctuates season to season, but we appreciate that everybody is, you know, kind of along for the ride. Yeah. Because we feel like we're along for the ride of our own lives. Oh, my God. 2024 is going to be a ride, by uh-huh. the way. Um, just like 2016 was. Oh, my gosh. When this uh, first season came out. So I'm, I'm, there's some awful like callbacks mm-hmm. to tumultuous times in American politics and people's perception of what does it mean to be a good person, quote unquote. Right. Because we're going to get into that today. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're running this episode, but I feel like I just keep talking. <laughs> Sorry, Crispin. Well, I think it's about time for the synopsis of this episode titled... <laughs> Mindy St. Clair. Mindy St. Clair. And we're going to find out in just a minute why it is titled that. Okay. I'm Mark Evan Jackson. I play Sean. Today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 12, Mindy St. Clair. Eleanor, Janet, and Jason escape to the medium place, where they meet a naked woman gardening named Mindy St. Clair. Mindy explains how she led a controversially selfish and cocaine-fueled life, but then pulled off a last-minute giant act of goodness, resulting in a huge fight between the good and bad places. Her living situation is a result of a compromise between the realms. Mindy advises Eleanor to just look after herself. Jason and Janet attempt sex. Back in The Good Place, Michael presents Eleanor's case to Sean. He reveals that Jason was also a mistake. Eleanor's friends argue on her behalf, but the judge watches moments from Eleanor's life and the damning evidence is overwhelming. Sean uses walkie-talkie mode on Janet to tell Eleanor to return in four hours or he will take her friends to Hani and Chidi instead. Eleanor convinces Jason that they have to go back and they rush to The Good Place but are too late. Sean says they have to decide which two will go to The Bad Place. In a series of birthday flashbacks, including her own death, Eleanor remembers how she used to avoid relying on anyone and maintained her independence. Well, that was long. Right. I I mean, here's my theory. Okay. Is that the episodes that Mark Evan Jackson is in. He spends a lot of time recapping them. <laughs> yes. Well, I feel like there's a lot more 
going on in these mm-hmm. episodes too. That's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, this was one of those episodes where it's like, yeah, it, not everyone is sharing the same storyline there in two separate places. So there's quite twice as much to recap on. And there's right? more movement. It was visually very interesting because mm-hmm. I mean, the good place neighborhood is interesting, but like the medium place is so interesting to mm-hmm. look at. Right? I can't wait to talk about that part. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. Is there anything that you feel like got missed in the synopsis? Yeah, I loved the medium place because it felt like every beach house that I've ever been to. Yeah, so are we talking about our favorite things now? Yes. About the episode? Uh-huh. The beach house vibes, mm-hmm. which is basically just like time capsule right. of 1980s middle class and upper wealth. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, I just, I think about the, there's like a lamp yes, there that's the like lamp. a mod light pink. I, I don't even know if mod Dusty is the rose. color. Yes, exactly. On those like white couches, like, yeah. And the it, gold plated end tables. Mm-hmm. And the VHS movies. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, let's get into it. Eleanor and Jason trying to run away. Mm-hmm. So they don't go to the bad place with Janet. They end up at the medium place where a woman lives named Mindy St. Clair. And so obviously she's been sent there, right? Mm-hmm. Because she ha- kind of had this life that was all about her cocaine, being a lawyer, making money. It, she decides to give it all away, but then dies. So she doesn't actually do good. But then that money did do good in the world. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question was, like, is this all a setup? Just to torture Eleanor and Jason Moore is uh-huh. the medium place. What do you think? Uh, I I don't think so, but that was a question that I had. Okay. Right? Like, that is something that I had to keep reminding myself of. Like, this is all a ruse. Don't get sucked into the drama that's yeah. happening because everybody is in the bad place. But then that's a question. Like, is the medium place actually just part of the bad place, right? That's what you're asking? Yes. Yeah. Is Mindy St. Clair a demon? Right. Do we ever find that out? Well, I mean, I listened to the podcast that we got the synopsis from. Mm -hmm. Mark Evan Jackson ran it. And he was like, he interviewed the actress whose name is Mary Beth Monroe. And he was like, no, she's legit. Like, this is a legit scenario. Like, oh, okay. is she legitimately was put in the medium place, mm-hmm. which now, with hindsight, we know to torture her, right? Right. Um, or at least sort of whatever. But then that place is utilized to put more pressure on Eleanor and Jason to eventually go back, face the consequences, and save their friends from having to go. More ethical conundrums, right? Mm-hmm. So the ethical conundrum... We'll get. I guess we'll get to that. We need to still yes. talk about our right. favorite yeah, things. Yeah, we gotta talk about yeah, the favorite right, things. Right, 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 right. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah, I did love. I just loved everything about the medium place. Um, yeah, they're like they're like. Do you want to watch uh, this movie on VHS, Cannonball Run Two, or another VHS titled The Making of Cannonball yeah. Run Two? Uh-huh. That just really cracked me up because. It does have that same feeling of like going to a beach house and you're like, oh, what movies yeah. do they have? And it's just like something terrible. Something terrible. And our right. kids will never know that pain. No. You know what I mean? Right. So true. They have so many devices. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I want to go back to the opening scene of okay. this episode. It's mm-hmm. Eleanor in Arizona in a grocery store, mm-hmm. right? And she's just like throwing all this food in her car, all these chips and snacks and shrimps. Mm-hmm. And um, do you notice the song that was playing in the background? Uh-uh. It was Frank Sinatra's I Did It My Way. Okay. And this is going to be a deep cut. For like certain people who grew up evangelical, like I know me. where you're going because you? I'm in that niche. Interrupt me, then. What am I going to talk about? <laughs> about how Dr. Dobson, founder of Folks on the Family, hated that song. Was Be- it Dr. Dobson? Dobson talks about it in his book. Does he? Yes. <gasps> I didn't even make that connection, but keep going. Um, and ba- yeah, basically, like here's an example of our culture. Yes, that people want to do it their own way. They don't want to do it God's way. They don't want to follow the rules. They want to be rebellious and have autonomy. He didn't say the have autonomy part, but yeah, wow. What's fascinating is like all these men, right? Like ha- in evangelical land, like had this kind of obsession with the song. I did it my way. Mm-hmm. Um. I remember reading about it in like a novel and I've been Googling it and I think it's one by Randy Alcorn. Okay. We went to the same Bible college as him. Uh He also lived in Gresham, I believe. Okay. Um, I read his novels when I was like, you know, teenager. Mm -hmm. And one of them had this, I think it's the novel Deadline. I think I finally found it on Google Books. And the whole thing is this guy dies and at his funeral... Right. They play I did it my way. Uh And his best friend, who's a protagonist, is like, something seems really wrong about this. Like and like the person leading the funeral is like, this guy, Doc, will always live on in our hearts. And the guy, Jake's like, no, he's dead. Like he's dead. And and then this kind of story got told in like so many pulpits. Right. And so so many sermon illustrations like, yeah, how absolutely horrible this song is Uh a horrible way to live your life Uh right we have to do it god's way Mm -hmm. not my way Mm -hmm. god's way and what's fascinating is in the good place what are they contrasting this with so eleanor like she's supposed to be sort of monstrous in these flashbacks Uh so what's the opposite what is god's way in the world of this show at this point it's sacrificing yourself for others yeah being an ethical person right uh-huh. being a good moral ethical person mm-hmm. so i just think that's fascinating mm-hmm. and it sort of triggered me and that my brain just went off because another one of the themes throughout this show has been this idea of like is it possible to be good under capitalism mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. or in a system where like we don't even know how much our choices impact others. And mm-hmm. I think this is something that Mike Schur probably thinks about. A lot of people who uh, obsess over ethical issues, right, have yeah. this. And so Eleanor being in front of this wall of chips in the beginning, uh-huh. like, really stood out to me. Because it's such an interesting picture of, like, consumerism. Mm. And how capitalism is now at this point where, like, our choices are so limited mm-hmm. and so destructive, mm-hmm. right? Because if you look at a grocery store, it looks like we have so many choices, right? For who to support. Mm-hmm. And some of them are like natural and organic ones, like mm-hmm. have pictures of like happy corn stalks or, uh-huh. you, you, know, you know what I mean? When really everything is owned by literally 10 mega corporations. Uh-huh. 
and they all do horrible things. They're all ruining our planet, all mm-hmm. of them. No matter what you buy at a grocery, including Trader Joe's, y'all. I mm-hmm. hate to tell you this, mm-hmm. but just because something has good packaging, like to, so to me, this is an indictment of advertising, and sort of just like is Eleanor's decision to just not care about it. Is that a valid reaction? Mm. Even like the guy outside the grocery store being like, "Do you want to save?" the whales or the planet or uh-huh. whatever it's so annoying to eleanor because it's just like i'm not the one ruining it mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. these companies inside this grocery store uh-huh. now you are laughing at me because you think i'm going so in the weeds part of what i'm thinking about I is don't like think i am this is what it's like watching media with dl yeah it's like they will see one <laughs> scene and <laughs> extrapolate I love it. I love that about you. Listen, I'm also like, are we getting into the bad place segment or are we just previewing we're it? We're previewing it. Okay. 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 But I mean, yeah, the I think it's I I yeah, it is worth thinking about. And because I'm like, I want to respond and talk about like Jason's response later, but maybe we'll get into that later. Yeah. Okay, I have so much more to say about this. I can come back because I have silly things that I like, too. Yes, let's go there. Speaking of Jason, I want to start with yes. him and Janet trying to have oh. sex and how they bumped into each other for two hours. I was confused. I'm like, Jason knows how to have sex. Not with a robot. <laughs> but Janet doesn't know how to orgasm. Right. There and, we go. And then when Sean initiates yeah. the walkie-talkie protocol and her mouth opens and, like, an alarm comes out, he's like, did I do it? Is she having an orgasm? It's pretty good. Also, I feel like Mark Evan Jackson doing that with Darcy Carden, like, uh-huh. just talking into her mouth. Right. It's very funny. Yes. Uh, well, similar to that, you know, Janet's learning about sexy things because Jason's teaching her about sexy things. My, these are my favorites. Of all okay. the sexy things J- Janet mentioned, Cool Snakes, 20,000 followers on Instagram, and Carl's Jr. ads. <laughs> Talk to me about Carl's Jr. ads, Christmas. Right. I mean, going back to that niche uh-huh. thing, right? Our people, mm-hmm. white evangelicals. Right. Did not like Carl's Jr. slash Hardee's if you're in that. Boycotted uh-huh. Carl's Jr. because of its sexy ads. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so funny because... You know, like, it's also objectification of women, but that's not why they were doing it. I mean, Carl's Jr. is, their ads, yeah. <laughs> again, I'm going to keep coming back to advertising, and uh-huh. I'm going to come back to it again, but here we right. have it. It's yes. back in the, it's back in the game. Carl's Jr. ads, I hate them. Yeah? I hate them. I can't remember the last time I saw one. And they're so drippy. Yes. It's like so maybe that's drippy. the autistic part of me. It's like I don't mm. want to be covered with burger sauce. Especially uh-huh. if I'm in a bikini. <laughs> right. No. Then it's easy to just wash off. Okay. Get okay. that jump in the pool. Get the ketchup in the pool. Wow. Okay. Um I loved speaking of Janet, I loved when uh Michael was wearing Janet's clothes. I know. That was amazing, just seeing Ted dancing in the, like... I wish he'd been wearing a skirt. In the lilac. Right? Uh-huh, yes. Oh, Ted dancing. Again, I was like, he is so underutilized. Uh-huh. So true. As when he came in in Janice's outfit, I was like, I miss him. Uh-huh. I need more of him, uh-huh. you know? Yes. Um. Okay, another one of mine is Jason talking about, like, his... 
his perception of hell is the movie Ratatouille. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought this up. Which is like my all-time favorite right. Disney Pixar movie. It truly is. Uh-huh. And so to have it come out of Jason's mouth as to being his perception of hell and Tahani's perception of hell... Mm-hmm. What was it? I don't even remember. It was tap water yes. and like Something. bargain clothes yeah. and like okay. just basically like being yeah, lower so both class. Of those were very funny. Uh huh. Yes. I loved, I knew that you would pick up on the ratatouille and guess part. Who's the only one who has an accurate perception of hell? Who? JD. People who think about existential horrors. Mm-hmm. Anywho. Right. Now we should get into this is the bad place oh, segment, we? yes, which is where we talk about the ethical dilemma, the philosophy, uh-huh. the you know whatever mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, I'm curious, like what you 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 talked a little bit about this earlier, yeah, like in a capitalistic society, right? What ethical obligations do we have? It sounds like that's what you're asking. Okay, I think this show is making that argument mm-hmm. in multiple ways, mm-hmm. and I think this episode is a, is one of the times they're slowly putting this out there, and I think mm-hmm. this really comes to fruition when we get to Doug Forsett in later seasons. So I think Mindy St. Clair and Doug Forsett are tied together as different ways of being a human in a mm. complicated world in the in the medium place. Mm-hmm. So like I think they're trying to make the case we live in the medium place. Maybe the bad place sometimes. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know. Right. I, I, but we can work towards actual human connections that can create these pockets of goodness. So that's mm-hmm. like what I think is the overarching theme. Now, I did I don't know if this is like the ethical conundrum of this episode. I think it I think it's there. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that stuck out to me is like without taking trauma into account, mm-hmm. we can act like it's pretty cut or dried if someone's a good person or a bad person. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what I was sort of thinking about in this episode. Mm-hmm. And again, the reason I think this show is so fascinating, it's like it says stuff that is really upsetting to me. Like Mindy St. Clair basically is saying like, there's no time for morality. This is about survival. Mm -hmm. Right. And then later on, Eleanor opens up to Jason about her parents. Right. Mm -hmm. And we see what Eleanor's parents are like. And then the the image of her alone eating the cake, which is a callback to her buying her own cake Mm -hmm. at her office job. At first you think she's such a bitch. And then you're just like, oh my God. But she was like, I'm tired of using my parents as an excuse. For being a terrible person. It's time to move on. I'm going to go back and make sure Chidi and Tani don't have to go to the bad place. And I was like, ew. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I was like, are they setting this up on purpose? Like, because later on, it it is like, you can't just say that. You don't get mm-hmm. to just say, I'm tired of having my parents be my excuse, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. It's, yeah, that is really interesting. I love how much you've thought about this. Yeah. And I think that is like a good question. This like, is all within the past hour because uh, I just rewatched it. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> you did go for a long walk. It's true. Yeah. I think that's a really good question because there is that element of like, I mean, I, that's what I think is like, what? What do you do with the fact that you grew up a certain way and that impacts you in a certain way? And yeah. right, like you said, trauma. And I, I thought about that with like Jason, like, cause Jason just like, all right, like we're off the hook. Mm-hmm. And Eleanor is like, no, Tahani and Chidi are going to suffer instead of us. 
And he's just sort of like, yeah, this is how I, like, you just try to get away from things, right? And I think that sort of fits, like, in his system, which is, like, there's no, like, there is this system that is going to punish people, and you just try to get out alive. Yeah, I mean, in another universe, right, Jason and Janet are these star-crossed lovers, and Eleanor is just pressuring them, basically, to Mm -hmm. go back and to die, right? Mm-hmm. Or be suffered and separated for all of eternity. And who would we be rooting for in another right. viewpoint, right? We'd be uh-huh. rooting for Jason and Janet. But instead, it's like, well, Eleanor has changed so much. She's such a good person mm-hmm. for doing this. And I was like, I think there's more going on here. Mm-hmm. And I think, again, if we look at the scene at the grocery store and even like the guy out front trying to solicit donations for the earth, it's like mm-hmm. when the systems are so massively fucked up mm-hmm. like a lot of this is just the medium place mm-hmm. it, and it, and we have to view it as that right instead of like i'm a good person because i do this i don't know it makes my stomach hurt oh, to think sorry. about <laughs> <laughs> this element of like i mean I, I think what i walked away with was this idea of this is a system that is saying certain people have to suffer and then it's up to the people in that system, under that system, to try to figure out, like, who should suffer and who shouldn't, right? Because that's that thing is, like, well, either either these people suffer or those people suffer. And it's hard to say what the right thing to do is because it's all predicated on this idea that someone should suffer. Well, the real the reality is everyone suffers. Right. And I was thinking about that difference between like who should suffer and the fact that everyone suffers in the world. Yeah. And in this first season of The Good Place, we don't know that every single person in all of history basically goes to the bad place. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, right, when we look right. at this episode, you're like, oh, oh Eleanor. Like, uh-huh. It's lovely that your human connection is causing you to like move past some of your ingrained trauma responses and to care mm-hmm. about other people. And that's great. Right. Um, that doesn't mean you're a good person. Does what, that make sense? Yes. And what's also interesting about this is thinking about that, like Eleanor is trying to save someone else from suffering, but they're already all in the bad place. They're already suffering. Right. They're already suffering, which brings up this question for me of like, what do you do with that? What do you do with the idea that like, Suffering exists and you are not responsible for alleviating it, Mm -hmm. I think. But that can also lead to a really, like, hopeless place. Okay. Well, I'm not ready. Now I'm making your stomach hurt. I'm not ready to have this conversation, partly because I've just been thinking about So, like, last week I put up a post on my sub sack, Mm -hmm. kind of like my one-year reflection on deconverting from Christianity. And I called Mm -hmm. it my year of being an angry atheist. Now... Of course, I was going to get some responses from Christians. I did. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not great, mm-hmm. which I was not surprised by. But the one that sort of stuck out to me the most, right, was somebody who was basically like, well, how, since you're not a Christian, like, atheists don't have a sense of, like, morality or ethics. They just don't. It's just nihilism. You know, mm-hmm. everybody just does what they want because if there's no authority or hierarchy or God, like, where, and I was just so, like... Hi, are you from the 1800s? Right. Like, we don't do that anymore. Uh-huh. Um, but he kind of doubled down and used all these huge words, like very cheaty and uh-huh. Yeah. And I was just sort of like, I'm sorry. The 
the majority of humans at this point do not think people who are religious are more moral people. Mm -hmm. Like that Mm -hmm. ship has sailed. However, if you're in your little echo chamber cult, you don't know that. And your whole life is predicated around reinforcing the idea that you are a more moral person mm -hmm. because you tied yourself to this religion. I mean, when you when you told me about that comment, I thought of Chidi. I'm yeah. like, Chidi's not a Christian, and he has dedicated his life to ethics and morality. Well, that's funny. Right. Because this this comment had big Chidi energy, uh-huh. actually, uh-huh. Um, in its own way. Yeah. But I was just like, that's not, that's not the conversation any of us are having. Mm-hmm. Do you think someone needs religion to be a moral or ethical person or to want justice? No, I, my official stance is that it is helpful. <laughs> I don't oh, know why I'm so I said excited. That. Official stance alert. Official <laughs> stance alert. Uh, religion is helpful for some folks, but religion has done, in my mind, a lot more to let people off the hook for ethical behavior rather than promoting it. And I know it's complicated. Like right, our, our eight-year-old just the other day was like, why does that hospital have like a cross in it? And I was like, Christians were really involved in starting a hospital. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, but to cling to that kind of stuff and not engage in the reality where it's like, oh, most of us can clearly see that being a Christian, mm-hmm. being an evangelical Christian does not give you... A leg up when it comes to human rights mm-hmm. or morality, as the vast majority of the world would describe it at this point. You know. Right. Exactly. Um, so all that stuff. And that, so it just really kind of stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. So I'm not sure exactly what the main ethical conundrum is of this episode, but I think it's making the case for a lot of really interesting, like, conundrums. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. I think there is an element of accountability here the trigger alert i hate that word (laughs) that they're i think sort of wrestling with and and eleanor kind of thinking about like what are the impacts of my actions and i don't want to pass that off to someone else you know again this is happening within this really broken system but i think we're seeing that happen with eleanor for better or for worse. Like, I think that's, a, I think that is a good thing. It's an interesting thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Harmful systems, right? It's just so interesting. And you and I have been doing work, right? Looking at evangelical parenting manuals, right? And mm-hmm. how they sort of, they try to replicate within the family, like a toxic family system mm-hmm. right, that is replicated within churches. So like high control, authoritarian, you know, all right. this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do think this episode shows Eleanor's parents mm-hmm. her horribly neglectful and abusive, how that led her to be hyper individualistic, mm-hmm. right? Which caused her to be quote unquote, a bad selfish person. Mm-hmm. And yet I'm just like, she has ha- she has such a valid response. Right. Now, if she wants to move past those trauma responses, like that's more what I see happening in the show. I'm not mm-hmm. sure she's reading all these ethics books and becoming right. a better person. Mm-hmm. I think she's dealing with her shit. Mm-hmm. She's thinking about her childhood. She's thinking about how it impacted her. So right. it just upset me when she's like, I'm not going to use it as an excuse anymore. Because that's like what so many people think happens when people mm-hmm. like you and I mm-hmm. share about our childhoods and what 
impacted us, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I think the other thing that's happening for her is she's having safe, healthy enough relationships. Healthy enough. Totally. Right. Yeah. And that is, you know, like signals to her like, oh, I, I maybe can trust other people, but she hasn't had that experience. And now that's in part because of how her parents set her up to be individualistic, then perpetuated patterns where she would push other people away, which then made it hard for her to have that reparative experience. But being trapped in the good place with other people where you have to rely on them was a new experience for her. And like you said, there's a lot of reparative work that has already happened, Mm -hmm. right? Which is probably giving Eleanor the strength to make different choices right? out Mm -hmm. of a sense of her core values. Maybe she's kind of seems like she's always had some of these core values. They just Mm. had to be suppressed by her need to survive. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. 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 I think that it's like such an important episode, especially as we ramp up to the last episode. Next week is going to be huge. Uh It's going to be huge. Right. So very excited about that. Shall we talk about um, you might have religious trauma? But you need to do it. You need to say it the way the uh-huh. listeners want you to say it. Yes. You might have religious trauma if. Okay. Good job. Okay. My, this is this is mine. Okay. Oh, you want? Oh, no, sorry. No, I interrupted you. No, go for no. it. No, do it again. Do the whole accent, and then I won't interrupt, and then you do it. Again. Do it again. You might have religious trauma if. You were triggered by the man in power who shuts down if anyone shows any emotion. No! Was that your same one? Yes, I said, you might have religious trauma if you had to learn to talk about abuse without any emotion in order to be heard by white men. Uh-huh. Oh! <laughs> I knew that we were both going to do that We've had to do thing. that a time or two. Mm-hmm. Oh and my it gosh. didn't fucking work, let nope. me tell you. Never does. Never does. But yeah, just, I mean, that whole, like, there's so many aspects to that. Basically, Sean is like, if anyone shows any emotion, I just shut down. I am trying to make a logical judgment. Yeah, the stakes are their two friends' lives in hell or not. Mm -hmm. Um, And they are not allowed to express any emotion. Right. You know? Yeah. Which, I mean, just makes me think a lot. I think... That's my childhood in a nutshell. (laughs) Right. I'm like, I think it applies to a lot of things in broader culture, dominant culture, white supremacy. Um, But I think particularly about um, the places I've been in where people are like, well, we just have to read the Bible and we can't let our emotions get in the way. And we can't let the way that we feel about other people get in the way, you know? Specifically, we're talking about queer people. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're not allowed to show any emotion when you're advocating for human rights for queer people Mm -hmm. or else you're dismissed. It's such an awful game Mm -hmm. that they play with us. Right. Because they're never going to change their minds. Yep, exactly. But they really want to feel like good people. Um, Mm -hmm. And so to keep us feeling like it's our fault, like I didn't explain it enough Uh or I didn't say it well enough, I used too much emotion, you know, they set up these stakes. Right. Yep, exactly. fuck that. Uh huh. Like this is rampant within white supremacist Christianity. It's not just evangelicalism, mm-hmm. right? There's these like politics of respectability that you have to play, right? When it comes to human rights, mm-hmm. right? I was yeah. I think across the board, yes. Um, and I think this really shows up in so many ways. You know, it shows up with uh, you know, the I'm thinking about the 
the misogyny of it, right? Mm -hmm. Of like women are so emotional, men are logical. Like I hear that in this, like there's just so much. And now, right, there's this rhetoric even going beyond like religion or whatever. It's like young people are so Mm -hmm. angry and cynical and they're protesting for Palestine. They don't know what they're doing. And if only they could, you know. Right. And it's like, do what? Nobody's listening. They are allowed to be emotional. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I listened to a podcast the other day with Jonathan Haidt, who I've referenced before. Like, I like, I've liked some of his work in the past. Um, he who wrote, is he? He wrote the book, The Righteous Mind, and he talks about, like, moral taste buds and, like, why progressives and conservatives have different ideas of what is ethical. But he's taking this turn. Um, where he's saying that the younger generation has wisdom deprivation syndrome. No, he call, he has like a label for it. He's like these young people; they're just not listening to the old people anymore, and it's causing this problem. And the problem is called wisdom deprivation syndrome. How old is this man? He's got to be in his like fifties or sixties. Oh, this is very Sean behavior, right? If you ask me. Yes. Okay, I'm gonna look it up. Uh, he's 60. Ah! He's 60. This is the most boomer thing I've ever heard in my know, life. right? To like and the be... lack of insight. Mm-hmm. You don't care at all. You don't want to hear what the young people are saying because they're pissed at you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Right. For allowing these systems to continue on mm-hmm. and expecting other people to be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's... And us and those of us in the middle are caught in the middle. And obviously there's some boomers who don't... Uh, adhere to that either right yeah but in general this is the vibe that's happening Uh but those but guess what your folks don't care they will laugh hysterically Mm -hmm. and make tiktoks making fun of him Mm -hmm. so right yes like i did because they don't have any wisdom (laughs) right i can't even say wisdom deprivation syndrome with a straight face that is astonishing Uh uh-huh yes very sean very strong. That's the thing they'll lock us up for uh-huh. when Trump's president, I'm sure. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you got any fun facts? I have some fun facts. Fun fact. Almost every single thing you can buy in a grocery store is owned by one of 10 <laughs> mega corporations ruining our planet. You should let other people tell you that they're fun facts. And guess what? When you're checking out of the grocery store, they'll ask if you want to donate a few dollars. Right? Uh-huh. To end child hunger. Uh-huh. Then when you're leaving, you'll get accosted to ask if you want to help save the planet. Should we talk about what happens when you donate to grocery stores? <sighs> Which is that they take the money and then they get a tax write-off. Don't ever. For it. Donate. Uh-huh. To a grocery store. Because, yeah, they're like, the, yeah, basically the way that it works, as I understand it, I, mm-hmm. I haven't fact-checked this, but like they raise however many thousands of dollars from people that are like, yeah, I'll round up. And then they get to claim that as their own donation. Yeah. Which is weird. Now, as someone who has that the ethical OCD thing, right? Grocery stores are a minefield for me. Mm-hmm. And that's not the fun fact at all. But I just, you know, mm-hmm. coming back to it. Okay. Fun fact. In the grocery store, Eleanor picks up one of those weird magazines, right? That's at the checkout stand. Now, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with those magazines of like Bat Boy and, you know, actually uh-huh. Trump was in them a lot. Like, what would you call them? Tabloids. Tabloids. There we go. Tabloids. So 
when I was a kid, I was just shocked by all the headlines, right? And obviously that's what oh, they're supposed to be. Right. Now we have social media. Yes. So tabloids are not a thing anymore. Eleanor picks up a magazine. Do you know what it's called? No. It's called Celebrity Baby Plastic Surgery Disasters. And then the headline is 12 Baby Butterfaces You Won't Believe. <laughs> okay. And on the back of the magazine, there is a perfume ad for a fragrance called Clyde with a Y, that just has a picture of an otter, like in a river, and it's by Dennis Feinstein. Oh, which is a Parks and Rec reference. Which I was Easter like, egg. now is, is, because the actor, Jason Manzoukas, who plays Dennis Feinstein, ends up in this show at uh-huh. some point. Yes. So I'm like, well, maybe if we keep going on this, we'll have to talk about that. Okay. Do There's, a Mike Shore theory. Yes. A Mike Shore theory. Uh-huh. I could. I can right. do it. Like the Pixar theory. Okay. Mm-hmm. The other magazine next to the one that Eleanor picks up is called International Sophisticate. And you want to guess who's on the cover? Tahani. Tahani. Oh my gosh. And it says, not just Camila's sister. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Eleanor reads her horoscope. Turns out she's a Libra. I don't know what that means. But all the horoscopes, because I paused it and read them. All of them are about Mars and Saturn fighting. That means something to people. And it gets progressively like more ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing is there's this like part when Sean is like reviewing all the things Eleanor's done. Mm-hmm. Right. Things that gave her the most negative points, I think. Yeah, Did you yeah. see that list? And one and they kind of talk uh-huh. about some of them, like a lifetime ban from Build a Bear Workshop. Uh-huh. So that's something right, Eleanor yes. did. Uh-huh. I'm going to read you a few more things, okay? okay? <laughs> Drog, <laughs> sorry, dogs drunkenly adopted then returned the next day two times. <laughs> <laughs> Lied about age to eat off the kids' menu, which right that's great. Yeah, that is a victimless crime, mm-hmm. if you ask me. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Robs the corporations. Exactly. Took a selfie in a bathroom at the great aunt's funeral. That's not that bad. No. The one that stuck out to me, and Chidi ends up mentioning it, say how disturbed he was, was she started a fire in a mailbox to get a mailman to take off his shirt, (laughs) which is pretty good. I think that this is like, I think having those things on the list Uh is a way that they're starting to show like that this system is really messed up. I mean, some of it's bad. Right. She screamed at 22 different waiters. Mm-hmm. When people are mean to wait staff. That says something to you. They are dead to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. I just pointed at you. Yeah, the you listeners did. don't know that, but. Yeah. I was like, that is, that is in your heart. Movie endings ruined, however, I love. Uh-huh. She did that 35 times. <laughs> I love it. If somebody ruins a movie ending for me, it helps me feel safe. Hopefully you feel like I know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's supposed to be funny, but also put these seeds in there. So those are kind of my fun facts. Yeah. We got a listener question. Hi, my name is Lisa Ham. Long time listener. Would like to be considered a friend of the pod. Sometimes just sender. Uh, and yes, GIF, not GIF. Go millennials. Um, I'm just calling because I was listening to your podcast that you just put out, and mid-podcast, I realized motivations reminded me so much of how we used to talk through, well, it doesn't matter if good people do good things, their works don't matter, 
because they're not doing it for God. And it just felt like that conversation all over again when you were talking about motivations. And I just wonder, maybe motivations don't matter. Maybe if it's helpful, it's helpful. And if it's not, it's not. I don't know. Deconstructing alongside everyone else. So just the thought in my brain I wanted to send. Plus, I heard there was a rumor that there was free stuff sometimes. But I live in Canada, so I'm not sure if that counts. Anyways, love you guys. I'll keep listening. Talk to you later. Bye. Lisa. We know Lisa because Lisa's in the Facebook group. Yeah chatting a lot and sharing things and lisa i'll figure out i'll figure out how to get a keychain to canada without breaking the bank i thought you're gonna say without breaking the law oh <laughs> for one that's a great question right that like intention versus impact uh-huh. i'm sure that there are ethicists out there that have thought over this over and over again but what really stood out to me about this um what lisa is bringing up is this idea of just what we were talking about earlier, where Christians talk about ethics, but then they can often, evangelicals, have all these loopholes, right, that like really get them out of looking at the actual impact. Yeah. Right? It's sort of like, it's it's God's reality, it's not the reality of the world, therefore we don't have to like consider the actual impact or consider like how things actually play out. It's really just about God, it's not about what's going on here in reality with people. Yeah. And it's so interesting because like people who come from high control environments are very concerned. Like if you pursue autonomy and privacy Mm -hmm. in your own mind, like then you're not going to care about other people. You're not going to be doing it at all. So therefore when you're in the high control situations, like you have to do it for the right reasons, you know, Mm -hmm. for God, for the good of society, for all this stuff. And I'm like, I think we're at a point where we can say, like, that doesn't really work that way. Mm-hmm. When people feel safe, when their basic needs are met, when, um, you know, they can actually start to live out their values, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people want to help rather than hurt others, right? Mm-hmm. Not yeah. everyone, but it's just like a, a, a huge chunk of folks. So right. I just think... Some of that stuff, the motivation, because obviously that showed up in this episode too, mm-hmm. right? They were like, Eleanor should not to go to the bad place because she willingly sacrificed herself. And therefore, and I'm like, again, it's making them look kind of silly because that's uh-huh. not actually what she did at all. Right. Yes. Um, and the motivation thing just keeps everyone tangled up in knots and not able to look at the system. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. Put the blame where it needs to be. Yes, totally. Right. And it really does. Then it focuses on people's internal worlds. Yeah. Right. Not on the external system for sure. Yeah. I think a lot in, in a, this fits into oppressive systems as well. Right. Like with people with more power, when they harm people with less power, but they have this idea of like, but I meant well, or I'm a good person, or I'm a kind person, or whatever, right? But it doesn't actually look at like what's the impact that you have on this person. Yeah. Right. So I think that's really important to like, yeah, we just recognize like this upholds a lot of oppressive, a lot of oppressive systems. Yeah, totally. So uh, thank you so much. Lisa, for leaving that voicemail. Y'all can also leave voicemails. Um, hey, all th- I'm going to do a listener like, I'm going to ask listeners a question right now. Okay. Do you think America, that includes Canada. Mm-hmm. Okay. Does it include Mexico? Yeah. Okay. Is the good place, the bad place, or the medium place? Call in, make your case. Maybe, you'll, maybe you'll get a keychain. 
Love that. It's a great prompt. Thanks. What now now we have arrived at the segment we call This is a Good Place, okay. where we talk about something good. Okay. What's what's no. good? Oh, you have to go first because once again. You're struggling? I have to think uh-huh. while, you, yeah, while you talk. It's because you spent okay. all your time thinking about all yes, the little details. Exactly. For me, what's good right now is music. Mm. I feel like I've said that before. I always say music, but it's just an important part of my life. I watch the Grammys. I try to just ignore everything that is going on behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, you know, we are part of all these messed up systems. But I do just appreciate that music exists in the world. And so that was a really fun experience. And um, yeah, just always a good reminder to me that that music gives me life. Yeah. How about you? Well, I'm trying to think of something that will like show like my medium placeness, you know, because mm. I've tried my whole life to be good. Uh-huh. So I want to say something good. Um I'm like, what's the most medium place thing that I have enjoyed this past week? And I don't know. I'm having <laughs> the medium place thing I was going to say is I got some Korean skincare off of Costco.com the with snail, snail mucus. mucus in it. And it's very ornately packaged. I've never done anything like this in my life, but I did it in the throes of having severe facial trauma, concussion, mm-hmm. fractured nose. And so I've been like gently putting snail mucus on my face. I think my skin looks great. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but the other good thing is I got a really killer tattoo this mm-hmm. last weekend that is not religious in nature, which some of mine are. And it has a mushroom and things from the Oregon forest floor. You, both you and I love a good little micro eco- ecosystem mm-hmm. of Oregon and... Um, my tattoo artist was autistic herself, and we just talked about cats and existential crises for four hours straight, and it was great. That's it's good. very cool. It's cool, right? I love it. I'm like, am I cool enough? It's so big yeah. compared to my other tattoos. It's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's good in my life, too, because I am actually going to look at it more than you will. I know. It's so true. And I, it was a surprise. You had no idea what I was getting. Right, yeah. Did you like it? <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I love it. It's if you great. didn't, you wouldn't say it. And That's it, right. great. That's and why I love you. And it was a surprise, too, like uh, how big it was. Uh-huh. And yeah, it was so great. We will wrap it up here. Thanks, y'all, for listening. Come back next time for the season finale of <sighs> The Good Place. And also, this is The Bad Place, since we're a recap podcast, so they are one in the same. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm over-explaining. The but format of this podcast. I realized that uh, DL just mentioned uh, their face getting banged up mm-hmm. for the first time, I think, on this podcast. Oh, oops. Uh, if you want to hear more about that, uh, become a Patreon. Become a patron on our Patreon because we talk a little bit about that and some other stuff in our most recent episode. Yeah, I got a concussion, but I'm not going to start a cult. Okay. Or some type of theology that ends up impacting Palestinians mm-hmm. centuries later. That will make sense if you listen to our Zionism episodes. Right. John Nelson Darby alert. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, yeah, the coincidence of talking about someone who had a brain injury and then you got a concussion yeah. right after. Mm-hmm. If you join our Patreon, you can also join us in the Facebook group. Um, lots of people showing us some 
religious trauma processing art it's over great. there, which we love. Great um, stuff. So yeah, we'd love for you to join us there. But um, otherwise, we will be back soon. Thanks for listening. Take a sleazy. This has been an episode of This is the Bad Place, a special season of the Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram by searching Prophetic Imagination Station podcast. You can find us on the web at propheticimaginationstation.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 503-912-4130 or record a voice memo and send it to propheticimaginationstation at gmail.com. Join our Patreon community to hear two extra episodes a month and join our Facebook group to discuss episodes and more. And we hope you'll join us next time in the bad place. (laughs) 